to have you join us. Honored to be with you. I was so excited when Henry Harris said, Catherine, will you do this? Because I had actually prayed the day before and I said, I need to interview Paul. Wow. And the very next day I got the I got the call. So Timing I was really is excited. the sandbox of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, we're so excited to have you. Thank you. You have been having a very busy last four days or so. Yes. And so we, we kind of, uh, we understand, uh, that it's been hugely busy and we're just, just happy to have you and honored. Me too. Yeah. Thank yeah. So, um, I understand you have, uh, written four books. Is that correct? Yeah. If you don't count, there are two sort of reflection books, Shack Reflections and Crossroads Reflections. But, uh, besides that, there were the, the, the three novels and the one nonfiction. So the shack, crossroads, Eve, and lies we believe about God. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I have been following you, love your stuff. Thank you. And getting to know you a little better uh, just before the interview. And boy, do you have a testimony. Wow. A testimony of redemption. And it just, it's amazing what you're doing. You'd you'd almost hope not to have one like that. (laughs) You know, and, um, <laughs> right. but it is what it is. We live yeah. in a broken world and a lot of us grow up in broken places and, and people do the best they have, but they don't have much to begin with. And, and it, uh, it ripples into our worlds and then we turn around and wounded people wound people. Boy, know? isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like everybody has their, their own story. And, you know, one of the amazing things about you, Paul, is that you're just so honest about what you've gone through. I grew up, I grew up in the church where nobody was honest, you know, (laughs) it was safer to try to stay hidden. Yeah. And then when you already have so much shame in your history anyway, you don't want to take the risk. And that's, it's kind of a sad commentary on a place that should be the safest. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it hasn't been a safe place. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, religion teaches people how to hide even better. Yeah. Uh, in many ways, and that's too bad. That's but I, I already blew up my reputation, so it's not like I'm protecting anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. freedom when it's gone. Oh my gosh! What's a, what is that? It wasn't a Joni Mitchell song, but um, uh, who's the gal that sang uh, "Me and Bobby McGee"? Oh, Raspy- Kiss Jop- Joplin, yeah, jo- right? Joplin. Mm-hmm. So freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's, so that's, that's some wisdom good. right there. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> a poet. I understand you do some poetry. Is that true? I do. Yeah. Uh, I've got friends who are better poets than me. But yeah, when I was growing up, I, I wrote stuff, mm-hmm. poetry and songs and short stories and stuff, and uh, as gifts for friends and family. But mm-hmm. never was my intention to ever be a published author. That was just totally outside my frame of reference. So this is this is God's great sense of humor. Yeah. It is, but it's such a blessing. He is using it. Uh, you know, I mean, I literally wept when I uh, uh, was reading The Shack and watched the movie. Thank you. Um, wow, what an impact. I, I balled my way through them, so I, I appreciate the company. Like that. <laughs> well, good, good company in the balling, but there's, there's good reason for that and, and the redemption it brings and just the hope. Uh, and it also gives people permission to open up 
and the dark places that they have yeah. to come into the light so it can be healed. Absolutely. The unexposed yeah. is the unhealed. Yeah. And so uh, there's a verse that says that the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world, but it actually, yes. the Greek word is to expose. Wow. And not to humiliate, but if it's hidden, it cannot be healed. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it is humiliating a lot of times, but that's because, you know, we built the house of cards that we, we tear down. Mm-hmm. And, but if, if you have an addiction and it doesn't, it doesn't come to the light, it's going to yeah. continue to fester. And, Absolutely. and pretty soon, you know, at some point, you may call your prison home just because yeah. you're used to its company. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, it's amazing when we come out of our prisons that uh, it gives people permission or an example or just the, the possibility of what would it be like if I came out of mine because we've yeah. all made our own. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, I think authenticity breeds authenticity and vulnerability encourages vulnerability. And, and when somebody knows your story, they are much more likely to trust you with theirs. Yeah. And, and, Everybody's a story, and stories are holy ground, so they need to be cared for very carefully. Yeah, that's beautiful, and it's such an amazing way, just a lovely way that you have carried those stories and brought them out so other people can uh, uh, share theirs. It's really the, the greatest honor about writing The Shack and, yeah. and the other books is that you get invited into the holy ground of people's stories. Yeah. And it it is holy ground. People ask me, "What do you do now?" And I go, "Like I walk around barefoot, like most of the time." Wow! Yeah. wow. And it, it it is really that's true. Now you recently came out with the lies we believe about God. Yep. Uh, what prompted that? It started with a Twitter uh, feed that I was doing. You know, because I love art and I love negative and positive space. And a lot of times, if you look at negative space in art, you can see the positive space even better. And a lot of times with scripture and things like that, everybody talks about the positive space. This mm-hmm. is what the scripture says. This is what, you know, but what would God not say? What are the words that God wouldn't say? Right. That's how it started. So I started doing these words that God would never say, like, I'm disappointed in you. Like, I'm sorry you died. There's nothing I can do for you now. Death wins. Oh my. Which is, a, it's a potent one. Yeah. And so there's a whole bunch of them. Hell is separation, you know. Um, uh, so I started, I started just posting these little things, and it went sort of viral. And and so my uh, actually a publisher that I was working with on Eve, they said, "What's this Twitter stuff going on?" And I went, "Oh, it's just this thing that I'm doing." They go, "Like, is there? This is really significant. Is there a way to?" move this into publishing and i said no so we worked on it and then it became lies oh i have two theologian friends brad jerzak and baxter kruger and we were having a conversation one day i said so what are the lies we believe about god and in in about i don't know 15 minutes we came up like with 150 of them oh my and so i distilled a lot of those down to 28 that are interrelated mm-hmm. and so the the book and it's all story based so right. it uses story but these little shots of these are lies that we believe about God. Absolutely. For you, as you were detoxing and all of that, clearly there were lies you believed. There's lies oh. I believed. I mean, this is the condition of humanity, yes? 
So for you, what lie did you feel foundationally when that was addressed and your heart was ministered to, the truth came in, the light came on, however you want to term that, what, what would you say was probably the most foundational for you? That we're, that we're separated from God. Yeah. I think that's absolutely, um, my friend Baxter, who's the theologian, he was up in Love Colorado Baxter. here. He's amazing. He's amazing. Mm. So he's up in Colorado and he says, he's from a Presbyterian background. So he says, I don't have visions. I have visuals. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so he's looking across the valley, right? Uh, up in the mountains, mm-hmm. um, outside of Colorado Springs. And, and he said he had a visual of a, of a dam that crossed the entire spectrum of the valley. And he was asking the Lord, what is that? And what's this dam? And it was like a beaver dam. So it was wow. logs and, and, and some of the logs were as, you know, big around as this room at the bottom wow. that were holding this whole dam together. And there were water trickling through. If you've ever been around mm-hmm. a beaver dam, water, little water trickles through, yeah. but it creates the pond behind it. And, and, um, and it was like, what is this? Yeah. And it was, these are all the lies that the Western church has believed, right? And then Baxter says, so what's that big, huge one at the bottom? Right. And, and, and it's like, that's the lie of separation. separation. Yeah. And, and we, and my, my people, modern evangelicals, we, mm-hmm. we start with that. We even have right. like, you know, laws about it, like right. you've sinned and so you're separated from God. Right. And we have the imagination of, the universe being blown out like a soap bubble and right. detached from the wand. And now it floats there outside right. of God and it messes itself up. So God sends Jesus over and he builds a bridge back and sort of right. takes tickets. If you say the magic words and, and it's just this whole, that's the model, right? It is. But it's not the early church model. Right. And, and it's not one that's legitimate. So what's true? The truth is all of creation was created inside the relationship of the father, son, and Holy spirit. Yeah. All of it. And specifically in Christ. Absolutely. Right? So John, not anything that has come into being has come into being apart right. from him. Mm-hmm. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Okay. Everything that has been created, both the visible and the invisible, was created in him. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, now okay. sustained, held together in him, for him, by him, through him. Yeah. And that means that when when Mary is breastfeeding this little baby she lives and moves and has her being in him because all of creation is in him. And then you can understand that, that when he dies, we all die. That's what Corinthians says. You know, Mm -hmm. when he rose, we all rose. And when he ascended, we all ascended. And that includes the entire cosmos. So we are, are we separated? No. Do we feel separated? Do we have a sense of alienation? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's actually an illusion. Yes. And so we turn our face away and think that we're, we're no longer in the presence of God. And, and so a lot of our language teaches us and reinforces that we're separated from God. So we have songs, lots of oh, worship my. songs that are, you know, even the invocation of would you come Holy here, come. Right? It, right? It assumes separation. Yeah. The early yeah. church said if, if you ever were separated from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you would lapse into non-being because there's <laughs> there's nothing that's separated. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So that's a very different model. And a lot of us, our, our model of relationship with God was we're separated and now we've got to do something right. to get unseparated. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of religion. Yeah. All religions require separation. Yeah. 
in order to have its have their power. Yeah. Because now, if if I can convince you you're separated, and I can do it through shame, right? Mm-hmm. I can say, you know, your behavior is what separates you from God. Mm-hmm. God cannot look on sin. That's a statement Absolutely. about separation, mm-hmm. right? That's a verse out of Habakkuk, but it's only half a verse. Right. You, your eyes are so pure, you cannot look on sin. Second half, so why do you? Do you. So yeah. why do you? So again, we've got uh, reinforced, you're separated. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm the religious expert. I can tell yes. you how to get unseparated. It's the business of business of religion, yep, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it was funny. I was cleaning out my, my son's junk and stuff like that. And I came across this cube that was to kind of lead people sort of evangelism cube for people who may not speak English. And it was all about, you know, your sin has separated you from me. You need the cross to get connected. And I thought I had to throw it out because it's like, there is no way I want my son. Right. Ministering the gospel, quote unquote, starting from the lie of separation. Correct. So it's like, this is going, yeah. you know, but it's standard fare yeah. that gets cooked up. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. But I, and I understand it because, yeah. you know, we feel alone, mm-hmm. but we're not, but we feel it. We do. And so we created a delusion of separation that Jesus has to enter into in order to find us. Right. Right. So he has to become sin for us. Mm-hmm. That's all scripture, right? And um, so he, that's the cry of dereliction on the cross. My God, my God, why have you separated? You know, why have you forsaken that's me? You right. separated yourself from me. And uh, and but he's not talking about something that's actually real. Right. He's talking about a delusion. And halfway through that Psalm 22, mm-hmm. it says, "You do not despise the affliction of the afflicted, nor will you turn your face from him." Mm-hmm. And, right. Yeah, this absolutely. is not a God who turns away. I was just ministering mm. of that this morning, so mm. it's very timely. Yeah. I love, that's so amazing how He enters into our alienation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If God could ever look, be a be a being who couldn't look on sin, then Jesus isn't God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, because Jesus was face to face with it every day of the incarnation. He right. He was involved in it. He was around it. He looked on it all the time. Absolutely. And it's like, so you got a different God than. Jesus, now you've got two gods who are of different nature, the big God behind Jesus that Jesus, Jesus then came to save us from that God. Right. You know, it's like something's wrong here. Right. So, yeah. So certain atonement theories like that Mm -hmm. absolutely deny the deity of Christ. Absolutely. And they don't, they don't realize it. But that's my people. And so I understand where I come from and why my people are afraid and why they're stuck, you know. They're afraid to take the risk that God is actually good. Oh, my goodness, right? So, yeah. So one of the things that really helped, because people say, well, you don't believe that God is a judge. And I'm going like, yeah, I do. But I have a different model for judge than my people do. Right. Because we inherited a model that came from lawyers. Calvin was a lawyer. Luther was a lawyer. Augustine was a lawyer. So we have what's called a forensic model of, you know, of spirituality or atonement yes. and it's a courtroom. Yeah. So you have a judge in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to go face the judge? Uh, no. Why? Because that judge's job is to determine whether I'm guilty or innocent. And shame right. has already told me that I'm guilty. Right. Right. I've obviously I've hurt people. Obviously I've lied. Obviously, you know, so, so I don't want to face the judge. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the judge is going to determine that I'm guilty and then he's going to pass Sentence. sentence on me or judgment and you know we have the eternal conscious torment thing sitting on the back shelf here working back there right so that's mm-hmm. 
that is an inherited model of atonement. The early church also believed that God was a judge, mm -hmm. but that judge had a name, the great physician. So it was a hospital model. So, so why would you go face a judge who's a doctor? Because you want to be judged. You want to be judged. You want him to tell you why you're broken, what's hurt. And, and you, I mean, you can't punish, uh, malaria out of someone. Right. I mean, there is something really broken here. So you want him to judge you and then you want him to pass sentence. It's called a prescription or an operation or whatever. And sometimes it's very painful. For but sure. the whole goal of the judge is to determine what, where you're broken and how to heal you. It's diagnostic. It's very much. Yeah. And it's re, it's redemptive. It's restorative. That's the Hippocratic Oath. I will mm -hmm. do harm to no one. Right? Yeah. That's grounded yeah. in this idea that there is a God who's good. Wow. Who, I have who, never who. heard of that. I'm actually a physician by training. So that kind of speaks my language from my people, quote yeah. unquote. So, yeah. wow. That's amazing. So God is judge in a court or God is judge who's the great physician? Wow. Which, which seems more like Jesus. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The so. express image of the Father. That's amazing. What surprising thing in your growth and your journey, uh, one thing surprised you probably the most about God? Oh my gosh. That's a great question. What surprised me? How, how, how simple relationship with God is. How simple. I, I have this sense that if it doesn't work for children and first century slaves, it's probably not true. Wow. Right? So if it gets wow. too complicated, people get so complicated about spirituality and they hide all <laughs> kinds of performance orientation inside right. new words. Well, we can come up with a new word to make, yes. you know, to traffic in human souls. You know, yes. it's just like, we'll get wow. your performance and, and, um, so let's come up with a new word. So we keep moving our words because mm -hmm. we almost, suck the life out of someone and then we can find a new word like maybe destiny or anointing or something, you know, and okay, it's, it's do. like, that's so complicated and it's so mm -hmm. hard work. Yeah. There is a simplicity and a childlikeness yes. to all this that the, the more I live this life, the simpler it is. It's beautiful. And, and I, we have 12 grandbabies who are 12 years old and under. And they have taught me more finally. I didn't become a child until I was 50 anyway. So, Yay. so yeah, I know. But when I was a little Amazing. boy, I didn't have a childhood. It was, it was pretty obliterated. I have heard about yeah. your testimony as a little boy. Yeah. It's just heart rendering. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the creation of the shack. Yeah. Yes. The house on the inside that mm -hmm. people help you build. And, yeah. and it took me 50 years to, to feel healthy. And, and finally become a child. And once you become a child, it's like, why become an adult? I, I mean, every, not adults that stuff are not again. having a good time. They're just like, <laughs> they're just desperate yeah. to become children, but yeah. they, they can't take the risk anymore. Wow. Too much responsibility. It's amazing. Yeah. And yet you do so much. So there's a beautiful grace on you because you do perform so much, but it's out of this place of love and acceptance. I mean, however, how, how would you, how would you describe that? So I'm a child at, you know, I, when I turned 50, I, I, I grew into childhood, but now I, I'm really performing in a way, but my performing is play. My performing is play is a good word. Yeah. So it's really not performance. 
right? Performance has the idea of taking on an avatar or a, a role. And, um, and part of becoming a child and entering into the world of a child is to be comfortable staying inside just one day's grace, period. One day. That's it. That's, that's the, today is the only day that matters. It's the only real day there is. You know, all future tripping, creating imaginations uh, of things to come, all of that is is a facade. It's not real. And yet, most of us do not stay present. We've left being children. Children, they naturally trust and they naturally stay present until someone teaches them that trust is dangerous and they need survival skills. And all survival skills, or most of them, are related to creating imaginations that don't exist and then trying to protect yourself from them. So they're all control issues. When you deal with fear, you're either, yeah. you either trust or you control. Yeah. And, and so when you learn to live inside the grace of one day, which is a process, then y- you allow the day to unfold in your direction and, and you have the ability to respond to it. So I don't make my decisions to do what I do based on outcomes. You know, I don't have an agenda. I get to respond in simplicity to how life unfolds in my direction. And, and that means that I don't take thought for tomorrow. That means that I do take captive every empty imagination that raises itself up against the knowing of Jesus. My theme verse for this year, which this is like the first theme verse I've ever had, but I got <laughs> one for this year, for 2020, Yay. and it's Hebrews uh, 3.13, and it okay. says this. Encourage, add courage one to another as long as it is called today so that you are not swept away by the deceitfulness of brokenness, Um, right? So encourage one another. And in in the word today is in all caps in New American Standard because the Greek is a, is a emphatic. And it's like, so if you, if you want me to encourage you about future tripping imaginations, you know, how things are going to work out, what's the, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to encourage you as long as it's today. So what's actually in front of you? You know? So I do have a, a calendar, but that calendar is held incredibly loosely. We all know that the calendar can say what it does, but if the day unfolds and I get a phone call that some, some great loss has happened or crisis has happened, my calendar's gone. Right. You know? And it's, it's like, yeah, it, on a particular day, I said that I would be here. Well, here I am. Look at that. Yay, you know, inside that. the grace of the day. But I, if, if I'd have got a call, that right. one of my children, whatever, the likelihood is I'm out of I'm there. Here. I'm yeah. blame you. Yeah. Calendar's gone. So, so again, I, I don't feel like a performer at all. I feel like a person who plays inside the grace of the day. Yeah. And, and it's so easy. It's so simple. You know, what's amazing about that is that you're not a performer, but you perform, but it's in the grace. So it's in the play. But with that, your impact is so much better. I know. Who who, who would have thought, right? Right. So so the ripple effect of your presence is way more powerful than the imagination of some future impact that you can try to create through agenda, you know? Right. So I don't need any of this. I don't need the notoriety and all that stuff that came along with all this. And I'm, I'm okay going back to cleaning toilets and being all right, you know, and because that's kind of what I was doing when I was writing the shack. 
which was only a Christmas present. And um, so the things that mattered to me were in place before I wrote the book. Yeah. Identity, worth, value, significance, security, meaning, purpose, destiny, community, love. All wow. grounded finally, finally, you know, 50 years old, finally in oh, my yeah. relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And once that grounding is there, mm-hmm. yes, you are tempted, and yes, I can get triggered. You know, I had two emails last night. One was about this unbelievable opportunity that kind of came out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. And the other one was about a bill that I had not expected, and a tax bill, right? And both of those was a, were a temptation to future trip. Mm. One was, well, that would be cool, and then it would be this, and I'm, I'm off to the races. Off or running. like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do and how much, you know? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to, to figure out and say, oh, this is how I can solve this problem when it arises. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to start creating scenarios, mm-hmm. you know? And I got, last summer I was speaking in Kansas and I got bit by a tick. Actually, it took the tick all the way from Kansas back home. And I'd taken a few ticks off while I was in Kansas. But I I made it home and I was getting ready for bed. I got home late in the evening. Kim said, did you check yourself for ticks? And I went, I don't have any ticks. And I'm, she goes, what's that? And it was, (laughs) it was back here. Oh no. And I went, oh my gosh. So I, so I go into my son, Matthew, who's 27 years old, and, and he's got the tweezers. Just before it, it moves, he goes, nope, nope, not going to do it, not going to do it. <laughs> so I had to go to Amy's room, and she had to, you know, yank it out. Yeah. But it developed the bullseye. And I said, oh, oh no. you know, talk about future tripping, man. I was already in the grave. I had all these diseases oh, from a tick bite, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, Pain and wicked imagination. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you do that, you're not present. And when you're not present, you don't experience joy because joy is always present tense. Trust is always present tense. You can't trust God for an imagination that doesn't exist, you know. But yet we spend so much energy, you know, what if, like, if you're single, what if I don't get married? And then you've got this whole scenario and you, you end up in this little tiny cottage living by yourself as a spinster and, and, or, you know, um, a guy who doesn't know what to do with his world and, mm-hmm. and, and he's, he might have a dog. And I, I mean, we can right. build the whole oh, thing. Absolutely. And it's like, on nothing. Listen, you could be dead by tomorrow. You don't have any control. That's true. Right? So stop, stop, stay inside the grace of one day. Beautiful. Yeah. How did you, uh, what did you do in your journey to detox? And do you have a practical <laughs> help for someone's like, I went that, you know, I, 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 you know, what would you? I, I pulled the yellow pages off the shelf and looked under counselors for oh, one thing. What a concept. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> what a concept. You know, that was back in the day when counselors were kind of like the occult, you know? Shaky, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> wild. And, um, but I, but I looked under count, and it's the first time in my life that I asked for help. Oh, wow. So that was one thing. I, I didn't I didn't stay in isolation. Yeah. I let somebody into my world, and I started talking about what was going on. And, um, you know, again, the unexposed is the unhealed. And mm-hmm. the, that was a very difficult, scary, arduous, hellish process. Mm-hmm. Because that meant I had, I had to deal with my addictions and the lies and everything else. Mm-hmm. But, but it, but you have to not, you can't heal yourself. You can't. 
That is true. And I wanted God to heal me without anybody else finding out about it, you know? Right. I had the facade outside the shack. The shack is the house on the inside that you then store all your addictions and hide your secrets and never invite anybody in. Right. And create the facade that you can paint. You can pick up mm -hmm. people's expectations. Keep the ugly parts on the yeah, inside. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and it's not even that you're trying to be duplicitous. Uh, it's It's all a lie. But you're trying to find a way to win approval and affection that you can't, you don't believe you could if you told them the truth about right. what you thought about yourself, you know, and, and so it's like, no, here. And lying is a survival skill, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. People at the core of their being do not want to be liars. Yeah. But the reason you lie is to find a way to be safe about something. Wow. Right? It's a survival mechanism. Wow. And a lot of people feel so ashamed that that they lie. And it's like, okay, let's get rid of the shame here. And let's talk about, and let's figure out why. Yeah. You know, when did you first start lying? And, and I mm -hmm. tell you, it'll go back to some loss somewhere in which they no longer felt safe or felt safer if they didn't tell the truth. Yeah. Wow. And so, again, boom. So becoming a truth teller, which was a process. Yeah. You know? um, letting people, <laughs> excuse me, letting people into my world. And <laughs> for me, since most of my damage was done by men, it was slowly beginning to let men in. And then it was learning how to trust, which, you know, I didn't realize that all those years my commitment to religion is because it was easier than trusting. Yeah. You know, I, I was so true. attracted to religion because it was about performance. That right. was performance. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. so it's like, um, no, trust don't, no. Because trust had been broken in me, you know, the sexual abuse and stuff. Mm -hmm. had been broken in me as a child. Right. Five years old and yeah. six years old. and And so... It's like, no, trust, trust isn't the option here. Mm -hmm. And so my entire journey of transformation was around, circled, orbited around the issue of trust. Wow. And that meant, so why don't you trust God, the Father? Why should I? Mm -hmm. Because, and then up comes all my theologies going right. like, I got reasons not to trust God, the Father, right. you know? And so then I've got to say, well, what if what you're thinking is a lie? Why is Jesus of such a different character than your image of God? Exactly. And what's the likelihood that you've painted God with your own damage? Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. so that begins to reform that, that piece. And, and you've got to address some really fundamental things. What do you believe is the truth about who you are? I mean, the mm -hmm. truth. The, yeah. It's called ontology in philosophy, you know, yeah. being. Mm -hmm. What is the truth of your being? Not, not, don't tell me about your behavior. Tell me right. what is actually true about you, you are. at the core of who you are, yeah. right? Your identity. Right. And for me, I grew up where everything whispered to me, you're a piece of garbage, right? And then it find, I find out that God thinks the same thing, according to my theology. Oh. So, well, ow. I know. <laughs> this is so well, awful. It was sec sexual abuse will tell you you're, oh. You're, oh, yeah. you're just to be used. You're just a piece oh, of garbage. Just a piece of meat. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. there's terrible things that we believe about ourselves that have to be exposed so that when the light comes healed. in, yeah. Absolutely. And then as you begin to understand the truth of who you are, then the way of your being will match it. But so you can't, you, if you believe you're a piece of garbage, you cannot 
change your behavior to the point where you change the fact that you believe about that you're a piece of garbage. Because as soon as you have any failure of any sort, it just reinforces the fact. Yep. Absolutely. Of what you believe. And as a person believes in their heart, so are they experientially. Absolutely. Right. You just walk out, walk out what we do out of who we believe we are. And, and also who we believe who God is. Well, yeah, that's even further, right? Yeah. Right. So, and if you believe that, like you're totally depraved and you're wretched and you're oh wicked my. and you have a sin nature. Right. If you believe that. Mm-hmm. There is well, no hope. <laughs> there isn't. There I mean, is no hope. And, oh and so when you do the right things, mm-hmm. you feel like right a enough. fake. You right. feel like a fake. You feel like mm-hmm. you're just covering up the fact and it's just a matter of time, especially if you have addictions. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, you try and what you do is you try to use external power mm-hmm. to change an internal reality. Right. So self-discipline, Right. Which turns out to be a work of the flesh, oh, yeah, of the sure. performance. For sure. Yeah. And instead of self-control, well, I don't have self-control because right. I'm a piece of garbage. Right. right? Exactly. And, and it's like, well, let me reveal to you that the truth of your being is that you're made in the image and likeness of God. Mm, absolutely. And that, does it, that is not changed because you have been hurt or you have hurt or what the behavior is. Yeah. Shame is an attack against ontology, attack against the truth of your being. Guilt is a statement about your behavior. You hurt somebody, whatever. Shame is, no, this is not about you've done something wrong. This is I am something wrong. Yeah. Right? And shame is no place. Yeah. I know. All of us who have a shame background, we can relate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when you recover from it, it's like you have a zero-tolerance policy for people who are uh, who are trapped in that. It's like, oh my goodness, what can we do to help you out of that? Yeah. You know, you just, it's just like, it is so, so awful. You just, well, shame and fear are the two dominant, right? we believe, motivators for, for good behavior. And it's like, right? you can't, you can't use darkness to extinguish darkness. It exactly. just doesn't work. Crazy. You know, and I mean, you can, you can give it your best shot for a while, but right? as soon as you fail, then it just, Confirms the lie, yep. right? Confirms the lie. So, what would you uh, what would you recommend to people? So, uh, find a counselor. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, and you know, the beauty of all these healing modalities that have mm-hmm. risen up, mm-hmm. like AA, is just Methodism light, right? Because it it's started by Methodists, and mm-hmm. really, it was a move of the spirit to save millions of people. Mm-hmm. And it did. Mm-hmm. I also taught the church how to have a small group and actually tell the truth. Wow. But uh, but they, they kept them in the basement. And uh, <laughs> so so all these healing modalities have risen up. Why? Because everybody is so incredibly crafted and hurt yeah. so uniquely yeah. that there is no formula For, oh, no. to healing. There isn't. Um, but there are certain commonalities. Mm-hmm. You can't stay in the dark. You have mm-hmm. to expose what's going on. You have to invite somebody in to be with you. Don't stay alone, right? All of those things are absolutely important. You have to deal with the trauma, right? Because behavior is an expression of trauma. So what's the trauma? What happened? And so much goes back to our childhood and oh, yeah. even our infancy, what was going on in the world around us. Or in the womb. In the mm-hmm. womb even. Yeah. yeah, we know that now. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, the studies that have been done ab- about that are just profound. Yeah. Uh, the mother's emotional state. The, you know, if she is under crisis and, and trauma herself, it's transmitted to the child. Absolutely. It creates, 
you know, neural pathways already. And it's, it's just, it's, it's we are crazy. so incredibly crafted. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and as resilient as we are, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Children, it's unbelievable what children yeah. can endure. Yeah. And, um, and, and yet be so easily broken. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm amazed just with the grace of God that 90% of the human race isn't postal. You know, when you I hear know. people's stories, what they've really gone through. So I know. it is amazing. Any final words of encouragement since we're talking about encouragement? Mm. Oh, boy. I think that the, the, one of the best things that I can say to anybody is, acknowledge that you you cannot hide you know come out of the dark find somebody that you can trust even if you have to pay them to trust them yeah right that's that's what a therapist is yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and and the there is going to be a unique unfolding about the healing journey but yeah. but give yourself to it when the first mm -hmm. day i showed up at uh, the I had pulled the yellow pages out and found counselors and looked under, started with the A's and worked my way down. So I go and meet total strangers and I say, I need help. And I say, I think we have the right therapist for you, but you can, you can check it, check them out. Mm -hmm. So I meet Scott and, and Scott and I sit across from each other and I, he's the first person I ever said, can you help me? Oh. And I said, but I, I don't need someone to ask me how I feel about this. I actually need someone to, tell me that they can move me from A to Z. Mm. And uh, he said, I can do that, but it'll take a year and a half. I said, I'm in. He said, Paul, everybody who sits where you are right now, they all say they're in. Mm -hmm. And after a couple months, they'll feel better about themselves and they'll right. bail out right before the really hard stuff. Wow. And boy, was he right. And I told him that day, I said, I'm not leaving until you tell me I'm done. Wow. And I meant it. But man, it, it got to the place where, uh, and I almost killed myself about four wow. months in. It was just too hard. And um, through the intervention of a couple friends who showed up without knowing the state I was in, right. I ended up, I didn't, I, I didn't go to Mexico City, which was far enough away that the thought was maybe the only good thing Paul Young would ever do in his life is to kill himself far enough away from his family where they wouldn't find his body. And their interception moved me back to Scott. And Thank I went God. back and we kept working. And um, my hope my hope was maybe there's a way to change. Yeah. Maybe there's a way to change. I didn't go to therapy to fix Kim. I didn't mm -hmm. go to therapy to fix my marriage. I didn't go to therapy to do any of these external things. Mm -hmm. It was all about is there a way to change. Wow. And, and now from the other side of that process... Yeah. I would never want to go through it again. Thank God. Right? Right. But I'm grateful for You're it. You're on the other side. You I'm survived. grateful for that yeah. process every single day. Yeah. Religious people believe in hell and spiritual people have been there. Yeah. And and it's it's a hellish journey to deal with your stuff. Yeah. You know, the humiliation that you feel and the shame that comes mm -hmm. to the surface because sure. you're now dealing with it. And then the lies, and then the extrication, and then the relational mm -hmm. fury, mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah. it's it, it's it's but not there is a, another yeah. side. 
There and is. It's so worth it. And that's what people need to hear. Yeah. 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 And so my encouragement is, look, you're worth the work. Yeah. Do the work. You're not going to do it alone. This is the intention. You know, uh, you have a faith that is worth more than gold that perishes. And now you are receiving the object, the telos, mm-hmm. the the end goal of this faith. Yes. And it's Jesus in you, right? So oh, what is yeah. the end goal of this faith? The healing of your soul. Oh, why? Why is Jesus active in your life? It's to heal your soul oh. so that the way of your being matches the truth of your being. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's profound. Well, Paul, I... Wow, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. I, this Very is going welcome. to help so many people. And I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you didn't take your life. Oh. And that you pushed through. <laughs> right? And so many yeah. people I've are. I've got 12 grandbabies. Are you kidding? Oh, my oh, goodness. My gosh. So yeah. much amazing on the other side. Anyway, thank you so much. It's been an honor. Honor for me, too, to waste Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.